This is the Find Your Focus podcast with Goals Classroom. We chat with inspiring and creative entrepreneurs to encourage, empower, and equip you to take the next steps in your photography business. We want you to leave each episode with actionable steps so that you can gain confidence, book your calendar, and earn more income with your passion. So grab some coffee or your drink of choice and let's get to it. I'm Logan Fay, and I'm the host of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. Today, I'm going to be talking to Christopher Hall, and I can guarantee you that his story is going to give you chills. He shares with us how he went from being sick in the hospital with only three to six days to live to making it out of the hospital, but finding himself without a job and homeless. He was homeless for about two years when someone from a church that he was attending gave him a camera. I cannot wait for you to hear how that camera changed his life. Let's get started. All right, Chris, I am so excited to have you here today. You have such an amazing story to tell. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for inviting me. So after reading your story on the Shoot Proof blog, I knew that I had to get in contact with you and get you on the podcast because your story just seems so inspirational. It's one that I want to share because it's, I'm all for anybody just, if they have a dream, to follow it. So yeah, to go for it. Take us back to 2011 and tell us kind of how your world changed. Um, 2011, it's kind of 2011 and a bit before that as well, I'd been through being critically ill in hospital. Um, I'd actually been spent in total about 12 weeks in hospital. Wow. Um, uh, in which I'd actually been taken in. And when I was taken in, they, get, they gave me between three and six days. Oh, my gosh. Which is a bit of an eye-opener, really. And you're lying there thinking of all those things you want to do. And you're in a hospital bed, so you can't do. So the whole idea of writing your bucket list then is a bit late. Right. And, uh, so... And then, but also at the time, I was actually going through a divorce as well. And then when I came out of the hospital, I was actually technically signed off work for 12 months. And then after six months, I spoke to my doctors, spoke to the doctors and said I was getting bored. So I started going self-employed. I used to do IT before. And so I, I, I built myself up doing that again. Got myself some clients. And probably the main client, I was actually staying with a friend while I was just trying to find somewhere to actually permanent to live there Mm -hmm. the area my main client then decided that they couldn't afford me any longer and not only could they not afford me any longer they couldn't afford to pay the invoices that are outstanding either oh gosh so there's about two or three months worth of invoicing there that hadn't been paid so as a result that was just that was literally just before christmas um so i stayed with my friend over over christmas and after that i was didn't have any money, so I couldn't afford the flat I was, I was looking for. So, yeah, I was homeless and facing a totally different life to what I thought I was going to be facing. Yeah, that's a lot to take in in such a, a short amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you so they you said they gave you just a few days when you you got to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was feeling ill and a friend had been sort of pestering me to actually go in to, to go get checked out and everything else. I was thinking, oh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I actually turned around to the friend. So oh, you, you, you keep moaning at me to go, go, to the, go to the hospital. Would you mind taking me in? She was at work anyway. So I said, um, she said, oh, after, after you finished, would you mind taking me out running over to the hospital? And she just took one look at me and said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to phone me an ambulance now. Oh, wow. 
So the ambulance came and got taken in. The consultant came out, had a look at me and said, look, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I'm going to give you between three and six days. Oh, my um, gosh. So, yeah, so I wasn't, wasn't expected to come out. Yeah. So before you went to the hospital and all that, had you had experience in you, – you were doing photography? No, I was, I was, I was working doing, doing IT. Um, okay. Okay. My ex-wife at the time, she she'd actually wanted me to get a hobby and decided to buy me a camera. So I'd, I'd kind of done it a little bit as a hobby mm-hmm. before, and it was one of those sort of dream things. So I thought, oh yeah, it's really good, really, really great, great to actually do this, do this full time. And right. thinking mm-hmm. with, with the house and everything else, you're thinking, oh no, we can't, can't afford that, can't, can't do it. It's, it's trying to give up work and, and to do that. No, it's just, it's just not, not, not feasible. And as the way things are with some hobbies, it's just, it gets pushed to one side all the time. It's, and, um, but it was always that thing of, oh yeah, it'd be great to do it full time. Great to do mm-hmm. it full time. I wasn't very good at the time, but, <laughs> but yeah. I, still, <laughs> I still had a lot to learn. But yeah. So if I read it right, you were about 18 months in rehab and then you bumped yeah. into a friend that you had yeah. met while you were homeless. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Well, I was homeless for about two years. And in that time, I actually got to know a local church and there some of the people there from, from there were supporting me and things. And then one particularly bad day, I'd been trying to get into it because I was trying to get into rehab. And it's, um, the idea there is you have to keep phoning them up just to actually show your commitment to them. And uh, this mm-hmm. one place that I've been trying to get in touch with, turned around and said, look, we're going to be br- brutally honest with you. We can't get you in before Christmas. Um, so that was a bit of a blow. And then I spoke to, some, spoke to another friend and um, they said, oh, have we got this this place? So we managed to get in there, and they literally booked me in straight away. So I went into this community type, the rehab community kind of, kind of place, and stayed there for eighteen months. And I pretty much lost contact with the majority of people that I'd been seeing at this church, and the other people supporting me. There were a couple that came along to, to see me, mm-hmm. and then I, after eighteen months, I could have stayed on at the, the, the centre. Um, but I actually had something in, nagging away at me saying that there's something else I, want, I need to be doing, something else I need to be doing. And um, so, I, so I came away and they, they say that look like life begins at 40. The church actually put on a 40th birthday party for me. Oh. Um, so, so I went over there a couple, couple of days before I left. And then I went again. I left on the Saturday and I went to, went to the church on the Sunday. And one of the guys from there actually remembered talking to me when I was on the homeless and things like that. He remembered talking to me. And one of the things we talked about was photography. Mm-hmm. And he he surprised me by, by giving me an old camera that he had. Wow. Um, I still remember it's the old Canon 650D, complete with the kit lens. So it's brilliant. At that time, I thought, Do you know what? I, I wanted to, when I, when I was in, in the rehab place, I still had this idea of I can come out and I can be a photographer. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it didn't actually cross my mind that I didn't have a, a camera and I didn't have a computer. So I don't oh. know how, how I was going to do it. I didn't really know, but it sort of happened and I came out, I was, I was given this camera. So I thought, right, that's it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And went for it. So I didn't have a job to go to or anything. So I just went, right, I'm going to set myself up as a photographer and did it. So I just, when I was doing it as a hobby, doing photography as a hobby, I was playing around with some of the microstock markets and things. And for the quality of the images that they want nowadays, they, you actually have to learn fast to get anything accepted by them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is which, which in a way is a good is a good thing. So yeah, that that's how, that's how it started. And I was taking the photographs and then going off to either a friend's house and using their computer to actually 
look at the images and try and edit them a little bit or go or go out to the library and use the computer there mm-hmm. until I managed to manage to actually save up enough to buy a lap, myself a laptop to use. I'd actually got this single room within a, within a flat. So I living in basically a bed sit. So I couldn't, I couldn't have a full, full-size computer. It had to be a laptop. So it's, okay. uh, yeah. so it's only a cheap laptop, but it did the job. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's amazing that you, I mean, if you look at it kind of in a positive way, you had the opportunity to completely, you know, recreate yourself and become who you wanted to become. Yeah. Yeah. Because... While I was on the streets and things like that, I did start drinking heavily and things just just to try and blot out what was happening around me. And right, because um, you, you never seem to be able to get to get to sleep properly and things like that. So it's more of a escaping reality, really, and escaping the fact that nobody wants to talk to you or actually have proper conversations with you. you know, they'll, they'll come by, ask how you are, but it's just or or you get the total opposite where people actually cross the cross the road to get away from you because they don't want to, they want to avoid having to talk to you. But yeah, it's having this sort of creative element that I could actually put things into because I could have quite easily gone back to the same job that I was doing before, gone back to the same person that I was before and still had all the problems I had. But right. I, was literally, I was literally given this whole new new lease of life. So then it went from taking photographs of staples, staplers and things like that, any any objects that I could find just to just keep, just keep <laughs> just trying to think of all the different images that I could create Mm-hmm. to put onto these image libraries it's hard work sometimes just to just actually think of things to take photographs of definitely um, yeah and it's to be fair it did get a little bit boring as well and then again through the church some people asked me if I could take photos of their family or and I got asked to do the toddler group at church as well which was a bit daunting but I did actually say yes to it and um, so I just started doing that and things have just developed from now. I never really know where I'm going, what's happening next. Mm-hmm. And the best best thing about photographing people is you, you, you certainly when you're going around to people's houses and, and dealing with, when children are involved, mm-hmm. you don't know what to expect. Um, For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. I have two little ones at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got I've got a son, he's 13, but he, he will not get in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> when he was about two, I couldn't get him away from the camera. Um, no, you I can't to, get him. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally had to buy a, a longer zoom lens and hide. Um, <laughs> because as soon as he saw the camera out, he he either wanted to use it himself or or just posed. I couldn't oh, get any nat- or, or I couldn't get any natural shots of him. <laughs> so to I, get like so the seventy two hundred lens out. <laughs> yeah, and and hide. Yeah, <laughs> so he couldn't see me. <laughs> that's too funny but I feel like kids go through phases you know they my kids are totally in fine in front of the camera right now but once they hit that teenage those teenage yeah. years it yeah, becomes a little bit more difficult <laughs> he's 13 now and the nearest I get to, to get to a photograph of him is is a hand in front of his face <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so can you tell us a little bit more about your journey after getting that camera I know you're kind of more into wedding photography now can you kind of like tell us yeah, um, all the things I've, I've kind of gone into are as a result of demand. It's things I've been been asked to do. So I've, it's it's been a journey from the the image image libraries into doing, doing families. And families is one of those sort of things where I'm kind of stopping doing more now. I still get some some requests from people who know me, but it's not something I particularly go out and get trying to get the work from. Yeah, I've started. To, 
through being asked, I've, I started doing more commercial work as well. I've got a couple of regular clients on that now as, and things. So that'll be something I'm hoping to develop more this year, but I'm trying to work out a new way of doing it. And then weddings is is an area that's it's certainly picking up. Again, the first, the first wedding I did, I got asked if I did wedding photography because I was always a bit dubious about doing weddings because when I got married, the photographer managed to get a leaf stuck under the mirror in his camera. Oh. So on every single shot, all you had was people's feet. The, the top half of the photograph was black. Oh, no. So the whole, the whole thing was – so I was always kind of like a bit – wary of wedding photography from that from that point of view and I was thinking I don't I don't really want to go down the whole wedding route right and then so I had this couple contact me and they asked if I did wedding photography and I switched I emailed them back saying no I don't and I'm thinking that was it I wouldn't hear anything else from them but they emailed back saying oh brilliant can we hire you because <laughs> they, they, they didn't actually want a traditional wedding photographer like they wanted somebody who would have my, my my style that I had, and I it was still early days. I was I didn't really realize I had a particular style to do things. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, but they wanted somebody who who would go out and, and do do things differently and not be the have the set packages and everything else that went with it. So I did that, and they were absolutely brilliant. They made all their guests aware of the fact that I had it was my first wedding, and I was I was literally just more like a guest than I was a, 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 the photographer. Mm-hmm. So I did that. That went really well, and there's probably. A year later, I got asked to do a wedding for a friend of mine. And it was something that was put together very quickly because it was in about a couple of months because her, her, her mother's actually seriously ill. She's got motor neurone disease. So one of the things they wanted was to actually get her walking, um, the mother walking down the aisle. So everything was put together very quickly on that. And I just did that. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I, and really, really did enjoy it. And I don't know whether it's as a result of that or I don't know, don't know where it came from. I started getting requests through for weddings. <laughs> and so I agreed to, agreed to a couple of them and then suddenly thought, you know what, if I'm going to get people asking me for weddings, I might as well put it on the website. Right. Because <laughs> it, it wasn't even on my website. Oh. So just out of nowhere, I'm starting to get all these, these requests through. Oh, that's amazing. And that was kind of back end of last year. That wedding was the 17th of August last year so probably from September October time I started getting these requests through and then start decided I would start advertising doing weddings mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where I think it's it comes back to living on the streets and realizing that some people can't afford the packages that some wedding photographers offer or just don't want the, the packages that wedding photographers offer so right. it's and so I wanted to make myself affordable from that point of view and cater for those for those people so I purposely aimed myself and I, I wanted to actually work in a different way that's a bit more flexible and things as well so I did the whole have a look at your your competitors kind of thing and see what everyone else is doing and thought right that's what they're all doing where where is the gap so I, I found the gap in it and went Do you know what that actually that gap that I'm finding fits in with what I want to be where I want to be Mm-hmm. So, I, so I targeted that and it seems to be working. That's amazing. I love that you, you know, are taking your experience from being homeless and you want to be affordable and be able to give those clients something maybe they wouldn't be able to have otherwise. Yeah. yeah um, special. Yeah. But another thing that came, came from it, from being homeless is, is the fact you never know who somebody's going to be. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing an, a, an article. I've just been be, just been speaking to somebody that I'm, uh, I worked with a year or so ago, and at the time she was being mentored for music through for another friend of mine. So I went across to do some headshot photography photos for her, and she was an un, unknown. She was she, she was just just being like taught the ropes about becoming a, a singer-songwriter herself but by a friend of mine and now she's going off to what she say she's going off to Morocco next week she's going oh, off to the wow. States States she's got some things coming up with I think it's Love, Love Island or one of those in the UK in the US something like that and doing to, to actually do the music for that and she's got all these different things I'm saying she was an unknown at the time and you're going out you're doing these headshots for people and you might think yeah right really 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 you don't know who they're going to be you really don't um she's she's got she's she's up for all these different different awards in her style of doing things oh my god and and the great thing is she still uses that headshot i did for her (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) so it's taken into those accounts and and things because i might might put her around the wrong way you do get some photographers who can be funny about who it is and go on, I don't want to waste my time with that person. But you, you don't know who they're going to be. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. I love that. And I have I have the chills just hearing you say that a few times. It It's so true, though. You really, you have no idea who anyone is going to be in, you know, yeah. in a year or two years or five years. Yeah, because when I was on the streets, all those people walking, walking past me, I doubt any of them would have looked at me saying, he's going to be a, a, a photographer owning his own business. He's going to be an author. He's going to be doing all these different things. Mm-hmm. Oh. They, they would have just seen this guy with it like going oh yeah he's, he's on the streets no hope whatsoever and it's just I mean, you don't know what's going to happen oh that's amazing that's a, <laughs> a really good way to look at it and something to kind of keep in mind as you have people reach out for photo sessions just don't ever get a big head and think oh i'm too good for that yeah yeah, and there, there will be times when people genuinely come to you saying, I, I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. And those are opportunities to go, okay, you can't afford that, but how else can I work with you? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so, so don't actually turn anybody away. Just go, if you can't afford that, is there, is there a different way we can do this? Well, certainly for smaller businesses, um, just start business startups, saying, is there a different way we can do it? I'm working with some other people at the moment. I'm saying, you can't afford my rates on your own. But how about you, you You actually team up with some other bit smaller businesses that are in the same position that actually, where you, you actually complement each other mm-hmm. and then sharing the cost between you. And I'll tell you what, I'll even jump in on that as well. I'll, I'll share some of the cost, cost for you as well. Um, I love it. So it's actually, it's, it's trying to work out how to do things rather than going, oh, you can't do it. Right. Um, and also for anybody who wants to actually start up, be a photographer or do anything really, it's just a case of if you've got that passion for it and the drive to actually do it, it's going to be hard work. Yes. But you will, and you will always get the people that tell you to, that you need to go on this training, training course, you need a second shoot for somebody, you need, the, you need this camera, you need that lens. Mm-hmm. Yes, you will do it eventually, but to get going, no. If you're starting up now, you don't know what you're going to be doing in a year's time, so you don't need that equipment. Mm-hmm. There's no point going out and buying it first and then realizing that that genre of whatever you're trying to do isn't where you're actually going to, be, going to end up being. Yes. Start, get going, start learning, and then work out where you need to be from there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have lenses that I bought in my first year of photography that just sit because I don't need them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I sold two two yesterday um, <laughs> because they, they don't suit the style style of photography that I do now. Um, so they've just been sold to buy to buy a, a new new body, <laughs> a new <Yep>. camera body. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I always get the question from people saying, you know, do I have to have a full frame camera? Do I have to invest that much money to start with? And I always tell them, no, it's no, okay. No. It's okay to start with a crop sensor. It's okay to start with a 50 millimeter 1.8 lens. Yeah. You can 100% start a business with just basic equipment. Yeah, definitely. And trying to get a, a perfect picture from basic equipment, you're going to learn a lot more doing that than having the proper, the, the full the high-tech equipment that does it for you right <laughs> yes um, you, to, to, from the from the technical point of view mm-hmm. you're going to learn more trying to trying to actually get get by with using the, the, the like the kit equipment it's harder so you're going to learn learn quicker doing it that way yeah and the other thing is the eye can you teach somebody what, what eye they've got everybody's style is going to be different mm-hmm it wasn't until somebody told me that I wasn't going out to get to, the, to actually develop my own style of how to do things. It was somebody that actually, somebody actually turned around and said, "Oh, I saw that photograph. I knew I knew it was yours straight away because you, your, your, it was your, your style on it." I'm thinking I didn't even have a style. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> so that, that's something you develop, and mm-hmm. yeah, you, anybody new new to it will go through that phase of going, "Oh, I like that style. I'm going to copy that style. I'm going to copy that style. I'm going to copy that." Yeah. <laughs> I think so. The majority of us done that, if not all of us have done that. But you've got to get your own style to, to sure. things. It's the same with different trends and everything else. Whatever trend is in this year, yeah, try and do a little bit with it, but keep your own style going because that is your own style that's going to flow, flow through all your, all your business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's clearly what people, I mean, people recognize your work now because of your unique style. Yeah, it's. it's <laughs> I still remember that day when somebody somebody said about I, I, I seen that photograph. I knew I knew it was one of yours. And mm-hmm. I, that. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just pick up this little box thing and click click a button. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I think we don't realize how unique our styles are until someone really points it out and says something like that, where they say, "Oh, I I knew it was your photo." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking, but it's, it's, it's a compliment. But uh. yes, Yeah, it definitely is. So yeah. I have one more question for you. <laughs> After hearing your story and everything, I have to ask, is there any time that you were just tempted to give up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quite often. Possibly not so much now. It's through the quiet periods, which are always you're going to get those particularly this, this time of year as well. But it's, I think as my, as the business, as my business has grown, I have now got things to do, which is like writing articles for the blog and things like that and getting all the different bits and pieces done there. And the other thing that I always, I try and I don't always get around to it, but I do try and do now is because you get so caught up in doing the client work and what the client wants is doing a personal project, which is, not related to anything else and saying this is my time i want to learn how to do this so i keep my, my own creativity so creativity going there and going i want to do i want to do something just for me that is really important just to do that just get all the lights out and go and just write i had a, a bottle out the other day and it was just it was just a standard beer bottle 
And I thought, I want to, what I want to do, I want to be able to actually light it properly and get that, get the photo out of it straight out of camera rather than do all the editing on it. So I literally it took me all day to try and get this lighting right to do it. But yeah, five or six different lights shining on it, but I managed it. And I could have done it in less time by taking different shots and then editing it afterwards and things. But I, I thought for my own creative side, side of it, I want to do it straight out of camera. So it can be anything as daft as that or getting some other people together and going, right, I want to day out. I want to get somebody dressed up doing this, whatever. But it's just, just having something to go, I need to feed, feed my creativity and, and getting around it that way. But the answer to your question, yeah. I think if you don't have days where you want to give up, possibly something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Because the days where you, where you want to give up is actually should be making you realise you've actually got something to give up. Oh, yes. I. <laughs> you gave me the chills again. I think I've gotten the chills like five times during this interview. <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, that is so true, though. I love yeah. that. Yeah, you, you got, if you if you if you're hitting that that bit of, of wanting to give up, you've got to realize it is you, you've got something to give up, mm-hmm. and that is should be enough then to go. Actually, yeah, I want to I want to carry on now. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good way to look at it. Well, thank you so much. This I know this has been such an inspirational chat, and I know our listeners are going to love it. It's hard to make it in the photography world, with especially with how saturated the market is and everything. So I know that yeah. your story will really inspire other people just to keep going and know that, like you said, like whoever you are today, like you could be someone else tomorrow or a yeah. year from now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we thank- will talk to you later. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. I hope that you got some great takeaways from this episode that you can apply to your business. Make sure to visit colesclassroom.com backslash podcast for the show notes and any links that we talked about during this episode. If you like this episode, head over to iTunes and tap that five-star button and leave us a review.